Lord be with you. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of love touches earth in the humility of Christ. Here and now where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the city, we gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered this day for our gathered congregation here at Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written and emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of ministry in our midst, and as the spirit moves come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. Easter Sunday, all the winter of our sin, long and dark is, is flying. We turn to the light in whom we live, God is whose praise we give undying. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray together. Almighty God, who through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life, grant that we who celebrate with joy the day of the Lord's resurrection may be raised from the death of sin by your life-giving spirit through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 19 through 26. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a human being. For as all die in Adam, so all will be made alive in Christ. But each in its own order, Christ the first fruits. Then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed every ruler and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me in reading responsively verses from Psalm 118 with the Antiphon. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my power. The Lord has become my salvation. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly, the right hand of the Lord is exalted. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. Glory to you, O Lord. 
But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, the women came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter, he got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Wonderfully created, more wonderfully restored. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. So often in life, our experience falls short of our expectation. We long for love, but find companionship. We desire friendship, but encounter alliance. We look for a vocation and end up taking a job. And over time, through our experience of high expectation and lower experience, we learn both to militate against our condition and to some degree to settle and accept our lot. How different Easter Easter is the dimension of existence wherein, through promise and hope, for once our experience soars past our expectation. Luke brings Luke's version of the gospel to us carefully arranged to remind us of the continuity of life in the church. So these settings in Jerusalem so a later editor has added Peter at the end of the reading. So the beginning and the ending of the gospel and the experience of the women. All these years of Easter, did you listen to their experience? Their expectations are 
as low as could be. They're headed toward the tomb. They're expecting pungent death, a crypt, a cave, a loss, the loss of one in whom they had found meaning and belonging and empowerment. It's early in the morning. Sent they are on a thankless mission and having arrangements, spices and cloth and stone and all. Their expectation could not have been lower. And yet, in they enter. And soar we now where Christ has led. You can almost hear their dread as they approach. I dread the touch. I dread seeing him. I dread facing him. I dread facing the future. I dread facing the future without him. I dread the long, lonely, hopeless walk home. How different Easter. Expecting a corpse, they find an angel. Expecting a stone, they find an opening. Expecting an ending, they find a beginning. Expecting death, the stench of death. They find life. They're even told in the gospel, why do you seek the living among the dead? Wonderfully created you are. More wonderfully restored. Easter is about restoration. It's one thing to build. It's another thing to rebuild. It's one thing to create. It's another thing to recreate. Sometimes happier to start than to restart to make than to restore. Some of us are in our 50s or 60s or 70s or otherwise. We're beginning to think about now how we're going to endow the future. We have capacity, don't we now, some. We have a capacity to rebuild. It's one thing to start a college, it's another to Restore one. It's one thing to start a denomination, riding around on your horse and preaching at 4 a.m. and 4 p.m. p.m. with your brother writing the hymns and playing the piano. It's another thing 200 years plus later to rebuild. We need those of us in the restoration projects of life to keep in mind those flickers of hope we knew. Some of you knew them when you were a little bit younger, those little lines. Someone quoted E.E. E. Cummings this morning at sunrise, I thank you, Lord, for this most amazing day. And if that's too poetic for you, you might remember Tug McGraw, You've Got to Believe. Or you might think of Judy Collins, I've looked at life from both sides now, from win and lose, and still somehow it's life's illusions, I recall. I really don't know life at all. Or you might think of Butch Cassidy saying, kid, I've got vision and the rest of the world is wearing bifocals. There's something out there for us. Rebuilding is the restoration power of the gospel, and that is good news for those building and rebuilding, for those engaging personally today in another dimension, that human dimension of promise when experience goes past us in good. If you listen right around here during the week, you can hear those sentences. 
Ten years ago, when I was 19, I did something I regret. I wish that I had uh, remembered otherwise, but I'm going to let it go today and rearrange my timeline. Or another. I left aside my studies some years ago, and I'm going to restore my commitment to them. Or, good afternoon, my name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. Restoration, restoration, restoration. Or, hi, Dad, it's Easter. I know we haven't talked in 10 years, but I was in church, and uh, the minister said, and well, uh, how are you in Easter 2013? Wonderfully created, yes, but more wonderfully restored. I listened to my partner in the gospel, Philippians 1.3, Augustine of Hippo. He doesn't say very much up here. He's in the stained glass. I hope he's a good listener, but you may remember his naming of your condition regarding ex expectation and experience. Sloth poses as love, but what is Sloth poses as the love of peace, but what is certain peace save in God? Extravagance masquerades as abundance, but God is the only source of endless sweetness. The spendthrift makes a pretense of liberality, but only God is the source of generous giving. The covetous want many possessions for themselves, but truly, God possesses all. Envy struggles with preferment, but what is to be preferred before God? Anger demands revenge, but what justice, what vengeance is juster than God's? Fear shrinks before unexpected danger caring only for safety. But in God, there is nothing strange, nothing unforeseen. You see, he's naming our condition from sloth to envy to fear. But then, as he'll tell you, he opened a book one day in a garden, and he came to a verse, Romans 13 and 13. Not in reveling or in drunkenness, he read, not in debauchery or in licentiousness, not in quarreling or jealousy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the, for the flesh to satisfy the de desires thereof, he read. And then he said, it was as if the light of confidence, confide, faith, the light of confidence filled my heart and all the darkness of doubt was dispelled. Easter is about receiving the power to move again, not to build, but to rebuild, not to create, but to recreate, to start over, to seize a new given moment. We come to you from, we young folks, Jan and I, come to you from the Finger Lakes, that freshwater lake region, here to the Salt Sea, in a little town over there called Batavia, there was a young man named Terry Anderson who grew up. He went into the military, served two tours in the Marines. Then he went into a wonderful life as a journalist, South Africa and India and the Middle East, until one 
Saturday morning, he was playing tennis in Beirut, and a sedan pulled up, cuffed him and blindfolded him, and put him in the back seat. He had built a life, but he was about to find out about rebuilding. And he spent six years with those cuffs and blindfold in prison. They gave him at last a Bible to read. He read the Bible cover to cover 50 times. 50 times he saw Moses slay the Egyptian. 50 times he heard the chariots chasing the people of God. 50 times he heard the click and clack of their wheels. 50 times he saw the sea parted. 50 times he saw the sea caving in on Pharaoh and his chariots and his horsemen. 50 times he fidgeted as the children of Israel wandered aimless in the wilderness. 50 times he sat with that old man Moses on Mount Nebo as Moses gave up the ghost. And as Moses died for the 50th time, the door opened, another blindfold and cuffs, a sedan but a flight west, you may remember. He landed some hours later in New York and a parade and a celebration and a train ride home to the freshwater lakes in Batavia. And when they asked him how that restoration came, he said, I have faith. Now, if he had been a poet, he might have said, it was as though, it was as though the uh, light of confidence Confide flooded my heart and all the darkness of doubt was dispelled. But he was just a straightforward Batavian and he said, this is the restoration gospel. I have faith. We bring you a story of one Anderson. Yours is the story of another here. You'll go now to the rest of the happy Easter day and you'll pass by the plaza out front, and there is a monument to Martin Luther King, Jr., doves flying. He died 45 years ago. But the beauty of his rhetoric restores still our mother tongue. The courage of his compatriots restored and restores our culture. The hope in his words of hope continues today to feed us with restorative hope. He loved the story, Come Easter, it's in his book, Knock at Midnight, of not Terry, but Marian Anderson. Maybe some of you remember her. She was a beautiful black woman with a gorgeous, stunning voice. She grew up singing, where do children learn to sing? They learn to sing in church in a little Baptist church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Not many years later, as King tells, she was standing in Carnegie Hall with the Philharmonic behind her, and she sang for two and a half hours, like none had ever heard, ending with Ave Maria, in a form no one had ever heard it, and two encores, the last being, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Her own mother was in the audience, and others saw her, Mrs. Anderson weeping and weeping, and they said, Mrs. Anderson, your daughter is striking, your daughter is killing, your daughter is succeeding, her future is secure, you don't need to cry. But she said, oh, I'm not crying tears of sorrow. I'm crying tears of joy looking back at what we've been through. You see, I, I worked. 
I worked in a steamy kitchen that singed my eyebrows and chafed my hands. Marion came as a child once and said, Mama, come home, come home. I don't want you working here. And I said to her, I don't mind. I'm doing this for you, and I have great expectations of you. That's the cross, that gnarled, chafed hand. That's the resurrection, the voice of expectation. Many years later, Marion was asked about the happiest day of her life. Was it that day in Carnegie Hall when you sang for so many? She said, no, that wasn't the happiest. Was it when you toured Europe and sang for the kings and queens of England and the continent? She said, no, that wasn't the happiest. Was it when Sibelius of Finland said, there's not a roof high enough for this voice? No, that wasn't it. Was it when Toscanini said, this kind of voice comes along only once in a generation? And she said, no. But I can tell you the happiest hour and day of my life. That was the day I went to that steamy kitchen and I saw my mother with her eyebrows and her chafed hands. And I said, Mama, put up your apron. We're going home. You don't have to work any more. That's the cross the gnarled, chafed hand of struggle. That's the resurrection, the voice of expectation for a future that emerges through women and men who with courage and faith seize opportunities for restoration. Beautiful people of faith, you are drenched, drenched in restoration like that of the women who came to the tomb so many years ago, restoration. Like that of Terry Anderson and Marian Anderson, restoration. Like that of the church which Luke celebrates through all these passages, restoration. Wonderfully created? Oh yes. More wonderfully. More wonderfully restored. Come, ye people, raise the strain of triumphant gladness. God has brought his Israel into joy from sadness, loosed from Pharaoh's bitter yoke. Jacob's sons and daughters travel with unmoistened foot through the Red Sea waters. Sursum corda, open, lift up your heart to the Eastern Gospel of restoration.
Please be seated. We greet you once again here in the nave of Marsh Chapel, and we remember, Alleluia, Christ is risen. Alleluia. We are grateful for your presence among us and hope you will take a moment to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew and to pass them along to your neighbor so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. We would note as we turn to communion that there will be four stations in the front. The two stations on the pulpit side will have wine. The two stations on the lectern side will have grape juice. The, there will also be two stations in the back for those in the balcony. We encourage you to use both stairwells in the back, again, with wine on the right and grape juice on the left. We hope that as uh, the Spirit moves this week, we will take a moment to observe the chapel website, bu.edu chapel, for all of our upcoming services and activities, along with the opportunity for online giving. As the ushers wait upon us for the morning offering, we invite you to meditate upon George Friedrich Handel's setting, Praise the Lord, from the Oratorio Solomon. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
for the work before us, for the life within us, for the fellowship among us, for thy love that surrounds us, we give thee thanks. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray. Amen. Beloved Christ, our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of the risen Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of the risen Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. Let us extend to one another signs of his peace. Up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey, and set before us the way of life. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, by the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection. You gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. By your great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of your Son from the dead and to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Once we were no people, but now we are your people, declaring your wonderful deeds in Christ, who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. On the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was ended, he took the cup, 
gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. On the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of the bread. And in the power of your Holy Spirit, your church has continued in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit in your holy church all honor and glory is, is yours almighty God. Now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast. Alleluia.
Let us join together in our shared prayer of thanksgiving. Let us pray. Most bountiful God, we give you thanks for the world you have created, for the gift of life, and for giving yourself to us in Jesus Christ, whose holy life, suffering, and death, and glorious resurrection have delivered us from slavery to sin and death. We thank you that in the power of your Holy Spirit, you have fed us in this sacrament, united us with Christ, and given us a foretaste of your heavenly banquet. We are your children, and yours is the glory, now and forever, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
May the sun show warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen.